And I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. Hey, horror fans, if you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight. We are back. We are back. Back, baby. For season two. And it's 2022. That's right. And it's it's two the second I can count. month. It's also February, too. We, we should have timed it. Maybe we can release this on 2-22-22. Oh, yeah. Really All blow the people's minds. <laughs> We're back with so many number twos for you. Are you ready? Are you, you ready can't handle it? these twos. Uh, right. So we are talking about Scream. The original. The original 1996 version. Um, it was, I don't know, amazing. Groundbreaking. Love it. Love it. Uh, culture shattering. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember the day. I mean, we can get into it more, but like I remember... The day I watched it, like, yeah. vividly. That remember was... how blown your mind was? Yes, I remember <laughs> that, too. But uh, before we get into this, and also, of course, as we mentioned many times before, this podcast is full of movie spoilers, but you know what? This movie is how many years old? <sighs> You've had so long, 20, listeners. 26 years? 28 years to watch oh, this movie? This makes me feel really old. Um, yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to point that You've out. You've had a very long time to watch this. I don't want to hear your malark. Yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I think that society has spoiled Scream for, for the world. Well, there's a lot of scary movie, the scary movie um, yeah. movies that yeah. further... Further spoil. Like, spoiled. Yeah, it was we, like... won't be, we won't be the first people that spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking a little sip of my wine, keeping it... Profesh. Keeping it <laughs> fresh and profesh. Um, all right, so let's start out with uh, what's new with you. What's new with you, Katie? Oh, my God, where to start? It's I been mean, a few months. It's been a few months. And truly, have we even seen each other since the last time we recorded? No. We're just like family obligations, things yeah, going on. holidays and work and everything. Like, we yeah. just... We'll send, like, a text to each other. Like, have you seen this? Yeah. Whatever, oh, my God, I'm like... watching this. Oh, yeah, my God, very... Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Yeah, um. <laughs> very yeah um, casual, but like yeah, I haven't seen you in forever. So what's yeah a, a legit check in for once? It is yeah. I, I feel like you actually care. I know. Like before, I'm like I just saw you yesterday. I really don't feel like I have anything new to share. She's like, please manufacture something for this part <laughs> of the podcast. Um, I mean, honestly, there's not a ton new with me. I mean, you know, I'm working, you're working, the school year is plugging along. I do feel like the, maybe you felt the same that the month of January was felt like it lasted for six years for me from like a school year standpoint. I was like, Jesus Christ, is it still January? <laughs> it just seems like a very long, unnecessary month. Yeah. Yeah. It was interminable. Um, but yeah, there hasn't been a lot else going on with me except, I mean, that, you know, my, the daughter's doing club volleyball now, so I've lost a lot of weekends to that, um, which is why I haven't had an opportunity to see the new Scream movie yet, which I wanted to. Um, my son I mean, got your confirmed. Your priorities are just, like, so lame. I don't even understand. Family. Family. Children. Ch- children. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I'd like to say that there's a lot new with me. I mean, I have watched some good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm... Um, 
into season two of Euphoria now, oh, um, which so I had good. never tried before, but I love Zendaya and I'm really loving the show. Mm-hmm. I watched Yellow Jackets. I finally watched um, Defending Jacob. Um, I never watched. It was that disappointing. One. Well, I read the book. Yeah. And I'm sure the book was better. Oh, bummer. Um, not that it wasn't well performed. I mean, Michelle Docker is incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, what is. Um, um, Jaden Martell was the son that he was in the It remakes. Mm, yeah, um, I love him. You know, he was perfectly cast. It's kind of hard to see Chris Evans as anybody but Captain America. Um, but I think yeah. that he did a fine job. I just, it was underwhelming. Oh, bummer. Um, what else? I, I mean, I, I've, I've checked a couple things off of my, I really need to get around to watching this list, but there's yeah. always more. Yeah. There's always more. Of course, it's, yeah. it's like an, like too much. And then, of course, there's so much on my list as well. But then I'm like, well, let's just give Parks and Rec another watch. And yeah. let me just watch Shit's Creek again or <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows. Let's just... not go crazy with something new when we've got this in our back pocket. <laughs> I know. Well, you just need a palate cleanser. It can't be intense all the time. Right, yeah. You need to balance the, the, the depths with the, the heights. Exactly. And on that note, what's new with you? Same. I mean, I'm working a lot, and oh, the month of January was just kind of garbo. Because <laughs> just sum not, it up in one word: <laughs> gar- garbo. Well, really, it was just like coming back from winter break, and then COVID, 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 mm-hmm. COVID cases. Yeah, your your school COVID. was hit so much harder than ours. Oh my gosh! Every single class has had COVID cases, and it's just really tough and. I was like, oh, I don't feel good. Oh, my gosh, my throat's all scratchy. I'm feeling terrible. COVID test, COVID test, you're negative. Well, I feel bad. I feel terrible. Writing lesson plans. Like, my kids got COVID. I, I'm just, I was just spent, and I was just, like, over. So what did you do when, when the kids had to stay home in quarantine? Like, what? Did, how did you guys? Well, they Charlotte came down with it at my ex-husband's house. Mm-hmm. So it's like... He was like, oh, Charlotte has COVID. And I'm like, oh, bummer. And then she's staying at your house. Yeah. So that's what happened. And Oh, wow. Um, so she quarantined there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For how long? I didn't see the kids for like 10, 11 days. Wow. Like that. Yeah. Cause she that's was sick. intense. Yeah. She was sick. And then Deke, he actually never tested positive, but he randomly got a fever mm-hmm. and he never tested positive. Yeah. So... I don't know. He seemed fine after the handful of days. Yeah. So, um... She'd like to pretend it was a little vacay, a little mommy vacay, but not not really that enjoyable? It was not. I mean, I was just stressed because I couldn't have the kids, and I was just, like, bummed out and worried, you know, because I couldn't be there. And And they're... Is is Charlotte vaccinating? Yeah, they're all vaccinated. Wait, Deke's old enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be, like, 11. He's 11? Wait, no, no, no. No, no, no. After they made it to where he, they could, it was like five and up, right? So it's like five. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I do remember that when they made that change, because my class are fifth graders, and so they weren't eligible for that. Yeah. And then yeah. once they um, changed the eligibility, then we had them like constantly, like we're going to be in late or we're leaving early because we've got this appointment and that appointment. Yeah. And, and it was actually really sweet, like seeing them communicate with each other and share those experiences with each other and I told them I was like every generation has that thing like that shared experience that is historic 
And, um, you know, and, and for us, I mean, I, I think there's, there's probably multiple, but like nine 11 is something where like in our age group, everybody has their story of what they remember from that day. Totally. Um, yeah. And I like, I remember asking my mom like about, Oh, the day Kennedy was assassinated or, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I was telling them that like, when you're a little old lady talking to your grandkids, you're going to be like thinking back to when you were talking to your friends in grammar school, like, Oh, you got the second shot. How was it? Was it as bad as the first? Like, how's mm-hmm. your arm feel? Oh my gosh! Like that yeah. because that was what I was observing them like talking to each other about and and sharing that experience and like, well, when my brother got you know, yeah, it's a crazy, just crazy times for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, it, they were not so bad off because yeah, because they were they were vaccinated, yeah. so that's a relief. Yeah, I mean. That's good. That was a relief. Like, it was stressful that they were sick, but then that was a good, yeah. like, peace of mind, I think. Yeah, thankful that you um, it had happened after yeah. they were able to get that yeah, done. Yeah, totally. And then, I mean, I have, I've had them, I had them for, like, several weeks after, because it kind of, like, trade off the time, right? Because he had them for, yeah, like, a long time. Yeah, it out. So, yeah, and then just work was, has been kind of nuts, and, I mean... It sort of calmed down all the COVID cases. There's still, I still get an exposure notice like every day. Yeah. Exposure, COVID to COVID. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I don't even read them anymore. Like I just delete, I mean, we don't, we don't get that many, like it'll be, but I also get them double because, um, I get the one as a parent at my school and then also as a staff member. Ah. So for every exposure, I get two emails. So it seems like more. And you're like, 412! You're like, wait, never mind. It's like 20. It's fine. I I mean, only one of my students has tested positive. I've had one Mm -hmm. other have to quarantine because a family member tested positive. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But our class had been really, really lucky. And we've Mm -hmm. had all of our students in class for like the past week or so, which is, you know, not always a great thing because they're insane. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wish sometimes that half of them would stay home. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You ever, yeah, you have those quiet days and you're like, oh, so-and-so is not here. And you're like, oh, it's so late. It's so, it's so amazing. It's so I hope you get better soon, but not too soon. But we did, I mean, it was nice, too, because we didn't, um, you know, the school was very clear that we were not offering any distance learning options this year, but that there would be a live view into the classroom available for any students that were forced to quarantine so they could at least, like, check in and kind of see and hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, providing that is was no extra work for me. But then there was like a lot of, you know, emailing this and then checking that and then making this stuff up when you come back in and keeping track of who missed what and everything. And it did feel like a second job on top of, you know, everything you're doing for the kids that are actually there. Yeah, it is a lot of work and correspondence and it piles on. Yeah, definitely. That was like. I think my exhaustion just like piling on like you that if you hear my dog she's she's crazy she she's also little, upset little, about the work she's very really upset really about the work do. I'm doing so yeah. anyway I'm going on and on it was just like what's new with you and I'm like blah blah COVID blah. well I mean we have a, we this section this segment of the this episode should be longer because we have more to catch up on that's very true that's very true but I haven't even touched on what I've been watching Katie I thought you were going to start talking about the dog and be like, how how big she's gotten. No, and she's how- fine. Anyway, so... Uh, I've been- <laughs> what have you been watching, Meredith? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I want to add on to... Uh, I loved Yellow Jacket. So mm-hmm. if, like, no one has checked... I mean, if you haven't checked it out, like, definitely yeah, it's give amazing. it a watch. It's like, it's a Lord mm-hmm. of the Flies. It's a female Lord of the Flies, but the yeah. characters are so good. They're stu- like it's and com- very compelling. It, there's another level. It's so entertaining. I call so entertaining. I called it when I've described it to people uh Lord of the Flies on meth. 
Yeah. Because it's just, like, ramped up, like, crazy. For the, the thing that blew my, my mind is that, like, I was kind of it, kind of aware of the cast or whatever, not super paying attention. I'm sure I had seen that Christina Ricci was in it at some point. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was her for, like, three episodes. And oh, then I was cur- like... Is there a crazy curly the, hair? Like, and, well, and also, like, she's, you know, because she has a very round face naturally, but she mm-hmm. is also when she is very thin as she is in this show she has very dramatic um, facial bone structure that mm-hmm. makes her face not look as round as we might expect Christina Ricci's face to to look and mm-hmm. so between the crazy curly hair and then just the really sharp cheekbones and everything and, and then glasses. the glasses and the, it like it took a couple episodes to be like hold up that's Christina Ricci <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that's She's I amazing. mean that show's fantastic I love, I mean, I watched it and Victor, I mean, we watched a few episodes. I was like, hey, okay, Victor, I'm watching this. Yeah, we, we're in Do you want to watch this with me? Because yeah. I for sure miss stuff. Because I was watching it when I was really super stressed and yeah. like, you know, so like, I'm going to start over from the beginning and you need to get in yeah, on this get with me. Get in on this. And then he's like, one more episode, one more episode. Like, <sighs> we've been like, but we started binging it. And then Euphoria, like you said, I'm. Yeah. I'm it's in the midst of season three, I think, and it's yeah, just and so I'm, good. Yeah, I'm behind because I'm just I just watched the uh, episode one of season two uh, this evening before I came over, and it was an incredible episode. Yeah, but I feel like I mean on like par a- with um, Christina Ricci and Yellow Jackets yeah. is Maude Apatow dressed as Bob Ross for that <laughs> yeah. Halloween episode. I was like, that's so cute. Oh my god, <laughs> that's very cute. Well, I mean, for like adults. To give a euphoria watch, you might be like, well, that's for, like, a teen drama. Like, it is in some ways. I would not ways, want my like, teen also, watching that show. <laughs> well, I mean, sure. But I'm just saying, like, as an adult, you might be like, why am I, why do I care about yeah. this? But oh, it's yeah. just, it's such good writing. And mm-hmm. um, it brought up a lot of feelings. Like, what, I'm so glad I was in college when social media came around and yeah. not in high school. Yeah. And there's just, like, so many aspects of growing up in this era yeah well yeah and all of all of the um traumatic or like life-altering situations that so many kids just kind of stumble into in their adolescence and you can like watch this and be so thankful that you dodged this bullet or that bullet or that experience yeah um and but it is there's like a fascination to to watching the kids that aren't dodging it and are yeah like in in it like yeah. knee deep in it. But on that note, there's also Pen Fifteen, which I which just yeah. ended, and I loved. It's yeah. a funny. It's a I'm comedy. sad that there's not going to be more of it, even though I understand there can't be more of it. Like yeah. it has to stop, really, because yeah. you know of the the con the content of the story and their ages and everything. But that is such an endearing show. I love. I thought it was so funny, and and I'm. I mean, I'm roughly. I'm like a little bit older than. When they yeah. were experiencing, because it's like 2000, and I was in high school at that point, and they're like supposed in to be real life. School, yeah, yeah, but it's just so funny. So if you haven't watched it, it's on Hulu, and it's like women who are like actually in their 30s, mm-hmm. but they're like playing but, themselves yeah, as as super like between like awkward, <laughs> very awkward with full on metal braces and yeah. like strapped down their boobs, and one girl has like a chili bowl haircut wig that she wears, and, like, and doesn't a she give her, She has a little mustache. Yeah, yeah. she has like a mustache and. It's just really funny, and yeah, a, a it's lot charming. of it, it's very silly, but also it's like, oh, that's sort of, like, accurate. Yeah. <laughs> just being so awkward in, in middle school, like, there's yeah, you no... you love them. You just... Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's very funny, and so if you want to stop watching all the trauma that's Yellow Jackets, you can watch yeah. 
Pen 15. Or if you need a break from the drugs in Euphoria. Yes. Um, little to no drugs in Pen 15. Yeah, there's like um, I can't aerosol, remember. I think. Ah, uh, they huff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they huff the thing that you use to like spray the dust out of your Oh, yeah, keyboard. the keyboard cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so... So I think evidently all yeah. that's new with us is recommendations. Recommendations, <laughs> and TV, and working, and being tired. Yep. That's about it. That's life. Oh, and my new aerator that's like a pump thing. It's amazing. My and yeah. it looks, it's kind of like country shabby chic because it's got that like teal color that mm-hmm. is really popular on like KitchenAid mixers. It's like a Robin's egg blue, but yeah. darker kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty good. It's a good one. I recommend it. I, f- I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but she's recommending it nonetheless. Yes. You can't go get it because she's not going to tell you what it is. It's a button. No, no. It's like a metal thing. <laughs> it looks like a miniature beverage bottle? dispenser type thing. Yeah. Except you put it on top of a wine bottle. It's, and like, it's basically a keg for your wine. A reverse keg. Yeah. You put it on top. Oh, you put it on top. Yeah. Yeah, you put it on top. It's like a water cooler situation. And none of this is small. helping anybody purchase it. You know, just Google water keg. <laughs> <laughs> for your wine. Yeah, how could that Aerator. go wrong? Aerator. I'm telling you, Robin's if you put it in blue. the Google search, it'll come up. I'm yep. telling you. How hard can it be? Right. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. What are we here about? Movies? We're here for Scream. I'm sorry, listeners. You can skip. You probably could have skipped a good uh, how much? 15 minutes. Oh, come on. This is all super important information. It's okay. So the recap is you all you, Katie. Oh, boy. For Scream. Yeah. One of my faves. One of the best. Um, yeah, so brace yourself. because okay. this. So this recap, first of all, it's long because it's me. Uh, second of all, as I was telling Meredith earlier this evening, I realized as I was watching Scream that it is just rife with iconic phrases mm-hmm. um, that are familiar to people um, that have never seen the movie. They've become part of, like, society's, you know, just kind of dialogue and everything. They're just really recognizable phrases. The fabric um, of our American the lives. The fabric of our lives. Um, but in addition to that, I was also drinking while I was rewatching and taking my notes. And so my notes start to break down a little bit more as the, um, as the narrative goes on. So, uh, this should be an interesting ride for all of us. Um, but it opens on an iconic ringing phone image, which, you know, how many horror movies do you see this in close up on the ringing phone? Um, and we start with this super famous um, series of scenes with the stalking of Drew Barrymore. Um, her character's name is Casey, and she's home alone. And this is the point where, in for Drew Barrymore, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, she was in a lull in her career or anything, but it was like a big deal for her to be in this film. And I feel like this was, you know, spoiler alert, that she gets murdered in these first, you know, five minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was like this huge thing of like, oh my God, they had this huge star and they killed her at the beginning. That's crazy. That's crazy. But it's also Mm -hmm. something that people kind of do now. But Scream did it first. Yep. Definitely. And it blew everyone's mind because they were like, oh, it's a Drew Barrymore movie. Drew Barrymore's in it. And she was the poster. Mm -hmm. Like, her face was on the the most common movie poster for Scream. Yeah. And they killed her at the very beginning. Yeah, she's in it for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, so it's, like, a super edgy move. Um... So she answers the phone. She gets the, do you like scary movies? Uh, What is your favorite scary movie? Like, you know, she gets into this dialogue with this strange caller that she doesn't know. Um, And she says her favorite scary movie is Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Um, oh. Yeah, and she says, it, it, uh, you know, and he goes, oh, yeah, it's scary. And then she goes, uh, well, the first one was, but the rest sucked. Mm-hmm. And we know this because Wes Craven directed the first Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. and none of the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And he made Scream. So well, was, like personal, like little little, little, little tid- vendetta, tidbits. little little nudge in there <laughs> from, from good old Wes. Um, so the conversation's, like, kind of flirtatious until, you know, she's asking all these questions, and she, why do you want to know? And he says, I want to know who I'm looking at. So Casey gets nervous. Uh, her stovetop popcorn catches fire. The whole setting's starting to get a little bit more uncomfortable. Phone conversation gets more intense and then highly aggressive. And then uh, the caller uh, challenges her to a trivia game for the survival of her boyfriend, who she's now been shown is bound outside the house in a chair, all beaten. And he's like, oh, basically, yeah. play this trivia game with me over the phone or I'm going to kill your boyfriend. Um, and so the the first question is the name of the killer from Halloween, which she gets right. But then when he asks her about Friday the 13th, she says Jason was the killer, which we know. If you wrong. were listening to last season, wrong. Jason is not the killer in the his first mom Friday the 13th. It's his, his mom. Uh, and so, unfortunately, her boyfriend, Steve, gets disemboweled. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. He's Which, like, Casey, no. Yeah, Casey, no. It was Mrs. Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, damn it, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we watched that a hundred times. You never pay attention. God damn it. Yeah. So then the, the chase and the pursuit escalates, and eventually Casey is stabbed to death uh, by our ghost faced killer outside the house, right as her parents are arriving home. Um, and they are, uh, so they're calling 911 on the phone um, because the house appears to have been broken into, and they hear her dying breaths over the open line because she's still got the phone with mm-hmm. her um, as she's, you know, being stabbed to death. And then moments later, you know, we get the, the image of uh, her strung up from a tree in the yard, just like disemboweled with intestines all over the place. Ugh. Like, yeah, that uh, was rough. Yeah. But it was it was daring to be like, yep. And now Drew Barrymore's dead. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Huge star. Yeah. And, and that's all we wanted her for was those 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we're cutting to the real star of the movie, Nev Campbell, uh, a.k.a. Sydney, um, in her bedroom and her boyfriend, Billy, climbing in the window um, we figure out that her dad is leaving her home alone for the weekend and Billy's trying to pressure Sydney to get a little more physical, but, uh, he fails to break through her quote unquote underwear rule. So we learn that she's, <sighs> she's a little, not prudish, but definitely setting boundaries in their physical relationship. Sure. And, but like, did you see your nightgown? Yeah, that I was a frumpy, that was a frumpy ass nightgown. <laughs> That's like what my grandma wore. Yeah. That was a lot of ruffles. Um, and he also, during this uh, scene, calls her a tease, which I feel like is a real trigger term nowadays. Yeah, everything about Billy sucks. Billy but sucks. there's more reasons than that. Yeah, spoiler alert, sucks. Billy sucks. <laughs> he sucks. Out the gate. He's kind of a little bitch. Yeah, so now now we're at school, and um, everybody's arriving to school, and everybody's hearing the reports of Casey and Steve's murder. Um, Sydney, who is uh, dressed in hugely unflattering clothing. I mean, like, I don't know, late 90s or whatever, but it was like the hideous mom jeans and the crew neck boxy t-shirt. And like, they were... The mom jeans are back, though. They're back now. I don't know what they were doing in 96. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, It was not, not sexy. No. Um, And so she's, you know, in her frumpy ass clothes, is checking in with her pal Tatum, Rose McGowan, who is dressed... 
super cute, super sexy in every scene of this movie. Like, she's all Tits McGee and, like, everything, you know, mini skirts. Rose McGowan's the best. I yeah, love her. Yeah, she's, she's hot, and she's got the bleach blonde uh, in this one, like, the flowing bleach blonde hair to go with her beautiful full lips. So she was definitely the sexy friend in this duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got them at school, and then we're also... Uh, <laughs> treated to the view of Gail Weathers, a.k.a. Courtney Cox, mm-hmm. uh, in her chartreuse miniskirt blazer suit. <laughs> Everything about this is bad. So bad. And she's reporting, because she's our reporter, uh, and she's with the news van in front of the school, you know, uh, reporting on the murders. Um, but just, you know, your eyes are bleeding at this this outfit that she's wearing. Um and shortly after, you know, they're questioning all of the students in uh, Stephen Casey's grade to try and figure out, you know, what if anybody knows anything. And Sydney gets questioned by, I called him Principal Fonzie because we had sweet, sweet Aww. Henry Winkler as the principal. I love that he's in this. Yeah, he's adorable. Um, and then also Deputy Dewey, uh, David Arquette. I love him, too. He is perfect in this. Um, so he's the sheriff's deputy who's, you know, the kind of bumbling, young, nerdish uh, guy who's also, you know, Tatum's older brother, mm-hmm. or Rose McGowan character's older brother. Um, and so they they question Sydney. Um, and during this, we keep getting these hints of there's some dark incident in Sydney's past. There's little, like, whispers and references, but we don't really know yet um, what's going on. And then later in the school day at lunch, we meet um, some, like, more important characters. Uh, Tatum's boyfriend, Stu, who's played by the adorable Matthew Lillard. I love him. Who did not love him? Like, he was everything in that, that time period. So cute. Um, and then also Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, mm-hmm. who was their um, go-to horror movie super fan. He was like the breakout star, also in a lot kind of ways. Kind of, this. yeah, because this was before the Jamie Kennedy project, yeah. right? This, this is, is before his like taking off skyrocket. Yeah, I got career. him a little toehold. Yeah, a little facial recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, they're all just you know talking through the crime and everything. And so that night, you know, since uh, we know Sydney's dad is out of town and everything's so crazy, Sydney's supposed to spend the night at Tatum's house and Tatum's supposed to pick her up. Um, but Sydney, uh, you know, falls asleep um, for a nap on the couch, and when she wakes up after dark, she's still alone. Tatum hasn't arrived yet. Um, before she fell asleep for her nap, there was a news report that fills us a, a little bit on her painful history, which was the murder of her own mother just one year before all of this is happening. Um, and while she's still waiting for Tatum to arrive, Sydney gets her own call from Ghostface. And she plays along thinking that it's Randy, their mm-hmm. horror movie buddy. Yeah. And she gets the same questions. Do you like scary movie? That whole conversation begins again. Um, and she's, you know, just kind of not not falling for it, not playing along. And we get the, the great quote. Uh, oh, crap. I got out of my doc. Okay. The... Uh, what's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then what happens later? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's bold and fearless in the conversation, but the attack occurs nonetheless. Um, Wait, I love when she's, like, going outside and she's like, what am I doing right now? What are we doing? She's, she's like, got her finger in her nose. Yeah, she's like, what are we doing, what are we doing now? Doing? She's like, Hello? 
Yeah, no, she is not afraid. She thinks it's all bullshit. Yeah, she's um, like, fuck you. I don't care. But eventually she is actually attacked by the, the ghost face, and she's compelled to run up the stairs herself because she can't get the chain off the front door in time, and she hides in her bedroom. Um, and uh, at that point, when she's hiding in her bedroom, Ghostface vanishes from the other side of the door, and all of a sudden, Billy appears at her window. Yeah, like seconds later. Seconds later. Um, and so she's relieved at first, like, oh my god, Billy, thank god. And then a cell phone falls out of his pocket. Which, at this point, if a fall- cell phone falls out of your pocket, that's like everyone on this planet has a cell phone, including probably fi- babies. Yeah, but, but not in 1996. Then, it was a little bit less, yeah. uh, you know, not like your parents had cell phones. Yeah, we were barely to the point where cell phones could fit in your pocket. Yeah. Like, you know, there, we're dating ourselves to, <laughs> to be like, it was so big it had to sit in the car. <laughs> in my day, <laughs> Took you, didn't get passenger a seat. <laughs> you didn't get a phone until you, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, in the movie, it's a big tell. Nowadays, yeah, it's not. Yeah, because nobody would have yeah, a cell so phone. So, if my kids watched this, which they wouldn't, but I'm just saying, they'd be like, yeah, they, I don't think they'd pick up on that. No. Yeah, but because everybody would have a phone. But the fact that he had a phone in that moment, very it was a suspicious. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, the cops arrive, and Billy's arrested, because Sydney's like, uh, it's gotta be him, right? He's got a phone! Yeah, he's got a phone! <laughs> Arrest <laughs> All that man! All the killers have phones! <laughs> <laughs> So Sydney goes to the police station to file a report, um, and they're all having trouble locating her dad, uh, where he said he was going to stay um, while he was out of town. And Billy is looking pretty guilty with all this stuff going on. With his phone. With his phone. <laughs> yeah. So uh, later, um, Sydney's trying to slip out the back of the police station, um, but of course, you know, the, the press spot her and get over there, and we, we discover a connection that she has with Gail Weathers. Um, that Gail has uh, written a book about the murder of Sydney's mom. So as a reporter, she covered mm-hmm. um, Sydney's mom's murder. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, kind of makes some cryptic accusing statements and they have a couple words and Sydney clocks her across the jaw, like really knocks the shit out of, out of Gail uh, yeah, outside the police station. Yeah, it was his boss. Um, so now uh, Tatum finally takes Sydney to her house for the sleepover, um, but they're interrupted by another call to Tatum's house number from Ghostface, uh, who says to Sydney, looks like you fingered the wrong guy again. We're like, oh, what does Ooh, this mean? No. Again? Again. Dun, dun, dun. I forgot to mention, though, like, because I wrote this in my notes that I loved it when Tatum's like, we're going to go Dewey. And then she's like, where am I, where am I bad? You have to treat me like I'm a man of the law. Yeah, they're sibling interaction. It's so, so funny. Well. And he's like, You're, that's my superior. And she's like, the janitor's your superior. She's <laughs> like, fuck you, brother. So anyway, that little moment. Yeah, it's adorable. I was just like laughing. Anyway, continue. Um, and so now, you know, we hear that message from Ghostface, the fingering the wrong guy, and we start to see the reports that clarify this, that Cotton Weary, who is the man who was convicted of raping and murdering Sydney's mom. You mean Ray Donovan? Y- yes. <laughs> that's who I mean. <laughs> Sorry, that's the actor. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Leave Schreiber. Yeah. I actually love, he was, he did the Omen remake. I loved him in the Me Omen remake. Me too. I liked him in that too. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I digress, but. Don't we all? Um, so yeah, Lee Schreiber is cotton weary and he's the man that was convicted of raping and murdering um, Sydney's mom. And Sydney was the star witness against him. Uh, yeah. So she's basically yeah. the one that put him away. 
Um, but we find out that um, Gail thinks that Cotton is innocent, that she's written this book about the murder. And so that's the, you know, the source of the uh, tension between Gail and Sydney is because Gail's basically saying Sydney's a liar yeah. or a yeah. best case scenario, just totally wrong because she thinks this man's been wrongfully convicted and she's trying to get him exonerated. Yeah. Yeah. It's is kind of hard to piece together when I first saw this as a kid and then now I'm like oh okay yeah it makes sense because Cotton does he admits that he had had an affair with Sydney's mom um, but says that he was framed for her murder and of course Sydney is not going to admit that her mom was having an affair that her mom was unfaithful to her dad or anything so she thinks the whole thing is this big lie yeah um and so, but uh, meanwhile, so Billy's cell phone gets cleared. They actually are able, you know, they get the printout. <laughs> when you see on SVU sometimes where it's like a 150-page a printout of every text message sent from the cell phone company is going to give you all this uh, yeah. information. So they clear Billy's cell phone that he didn't make the calls to Sydney's house. Um, and he's released uh, from the police custody. And they run into each other in the halls at school. And Sydney's like still kind of spooked, um, you know, Obviously, understandably, even though he's supposedly innocent. And in that brief interaction, we also learned that Billy's mom left his dad at some point when he was younger. Just kind of a little tidbit there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Sydney, you know, swoops off into and he's like the. Showing uh, his, like, his cards. hands from his. Uh, yeah. From, yeah, from being, being fingerprinted. Yeah, so um, Sydney heads off into the, you know, another, I feel like, quintessential horror movie setting the girls' bathroom. Yes. Um, and she's in the stall and she's hearing these high school bitches talk shit about like, yo, she's a slut like her mom and this and that. And she's, you know, oh God, those devastated. girls were like the worst. They're like, bubble butt butt. <laughs> and, and I was like, who, what, what? is wrong who, with your brain? I don't understand. Um, but that is, it's almost cliche, that whole it's, bathroom scene. I think it's meant to be. Yeah. Super cliche. Perhaps, perhaps. Ridiculous. Maybe that was Wes's intent. Yeah. To be a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, she, when those bitches leave and she's still, you know, she's hiding in the stall, you know, kind of crying and everything. She gets attacked again by Ghostface because she's not safe anywhere. She's fucking at school and Ghostface is right there. Um, but she, you know, runs away and, uh, and gets away. Um, so now outside of school, we have the meet cute of Dewey and Gail. Aww, I know. <laughs> Which and is it, charming because it led to their real life their relationship. Meet cute. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's pretty funny and I think it's sweet. Yeah, it is. I mean, as far as like Hollywood, whatever, like I never keep track of that stuff, but I'm like, oh, that's yeah, I mean, nice. they're not together now, but I know they were no. together for a long time and they have a kid and it was, it was a cute, uh, little thing that they had. Um, so Dewey meets Gail, and Gail's, like, you know, being super flirty with him, which totally works. She's trying to manipulate him, get information. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, uh, because of everything that's going on, they cancel school. They put a curfew in place, which is another standard horror movie thing. All you kids get home, um, which is the perfect formula for a rager of a party at Stu's house. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, school's canceled. Everybody go home. Let's go get drunk at Stu's house. Yeah. But meanwhile, everybody clears out of the high school, and we have the murder of Principal Fonzie. Well, there were the guys who were, like, running through the halls in the um, In the masks, yeah. Masks, and so it's like, when you see them crop up behind a door, maybe a ghost face, Mm -hmm. they're like, what the 
quit being an asshole. Yeah, well, because, yeah, he, the principal, like, confiscated the masks from them. And so there was yeah. a moment, like, a really fleeting moment. Because this is not a who done it, but it's, like, any who it could be anybody. Who could it be? And yeah. so there's a moment yeah. when Principal Fonz has the mask that he took from the kids. And you're like, oh, my God, maybe it's the principal. Maybe he's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> um, but, no, then he gets murdered. And in the yeah. moment before he gets murdered, there is the point where he um, surprises the janitor mopping the hallway mm-hmm. who's wearing a Freddy sweater. Oh, yes. I, I, I saw that throwback, too. Yeah. Was like, was super oh, cute. creepy. Because Freddy is an asshole, but... Yeah, and he should be mopping the floor. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's bye-bye Principal Fonzie. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Um, so, you know, Sid, and this is the point where some of my notes start breaking down, so hopefully I can uh, understand what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> I have just this some quotes where, listed here. It's where it's getting juicy, Katie. Yeah, yeah, it's a real glimpse into my mind. Um, so I vaguely remember, so Sydney and Tatum are hanging out before heading out to the party, and Tatum says, again, the iconic line, you can only hear that Richard Gere gerbil story so many times before you have to start believing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that that was, a, that was a good one. Yeah, and it was, it was in reference to, um, I believe, her, Sydney's mom, like... Being kind of promiscuous. Yeah, being promiscuous. Town. You know, yeah. being um, sexually uh, forward. Yeah. You know. And so... People were just sort of saying it's kind of known thing, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but, that's that's brave for a friend to be like, "Listen, honey, listen. I think your mom really was just a slut." Like, I think you just need to accept this. Yeah, like I'm just speaking my truth. <laughs> she a player. What are you gonna <laughs> she do? A player. Player. She a player. Yeah. Um. But then Sydney, you know, then uh, makes this you know leap where if I was wrong about Cotton Weary, then the killer is still out there. Yeah, Ooh. no shit. Hello, Sydney. Yeah, to which uh, Tatum responds, you're starting to sound like some Wes Carpenter movie. Oh. <laughs> which is like Wes Carpenter, so she fused Wes Craven and John Carpenter to make some like yeah, fictional Wes thing. Carpenter. Or she's supposed to be a moron that doesn't know that they're two different people. That's fine. Could go either way. It could be either way, yeah. Either. Yeah. I'm like, so now, now there's this <laughs> hilarious scene in the video store. Because, of okay, course, the video store, okay, for those younger generation, <laughs> this there is used what to a video a store was. Tell us about it, Meredith. <laughs> on like a Friday night, as soon as school is over, as soon as you could, so you could get the good movies, because you only had so many copies of the newest movie that was supposed to be released. Yeah. And, you know, you go to Blockbuster or whatever and rent your movie and it was, I think, three or four dollars, depending on the new, if it was a new one. And it was like two something for an older one. And um, you go and you'd see so many people that you know. Oh, yeah. Like renting movies at the same time. You could spend an hour just hanging out. Just chilling. There's like popcorn and candy at the register. Really bad lighting. Really unflattering <laughs> very, lighting. like neon light. Yeah, lot, lots of track lighting. Yeah, but it was like just the place everyone would go. And, it was and a social setting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going, I mean, every weekend usually mm-hmm. with my friends. And I also feel like it was maybe one of the first... Um, arena, social arenas where people are like, pajamas are okay. Yeah, yeah. Leave that, your house in pajamas because you're just going to rent a movie. You're going to go rent your video and, uh... <laughs> yeah. So did you go to, um, did you have, like, mainstream, like, only, uh, Blockbuster and stuff like that or did you have, like, a local video rental store? There was both. There was a Blockbuster that was closer to my house and then there was another one, uh, I can't remember the name. Was it Hollywood? Because Hollywood was the other big, um... Chain. It was smaller than Blockbuster. Didn't last as long as Blockbuster, but it was like a national chain too. It was in Texas, also. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, ours was called Awesome. 
Awesome. Our local one that was not part of a chain was called Awesome, awesome Video. Video. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was Hollywood. It was much, it was really big, yeah, actually. Hollywood videos were big. Were gigantic. Yeah. So we go there, too. Um, and, yeah, but that was sort of further out into about, like, the blockbuster was, like, maybe five or ten minutes from my house, and mm-hmm. then Hollywood was a bit more of a trek. So I would tend to go to Blockbuster. But for Hollywood video, it was more like, I'm trying to find independent movies or ones yeah. that are, like, harder to find. So yeah. that's where I could find them. And, and there's one and in the city. Be, and be very um, deep and mysterious. <laughs> I'm, I'm all brooding for my video selection. I know. But the, the yeah. one in the um, city, it was uh, there was one on 9th and Lincoln, and I think there was a couple other in the city. It was called Le Video. Le Video. Le Video. And it was like, the, it was the edgy art stuff and the foreign films and yeah. all the Cannes can festival. Can. and Yeah. I, um, I mean, you, you would, like, talk to the clerk. And it and it was always it always that like was another that. hot job to have too exactly. as like a high school student exactly. was working at the video store. And, well, we were next to Southern Methodist University SMU, mm. and it was like so right across the street. Students. So it was always college students, and they were talking mm. about your selection, and you feel so edgy yeah. like, talking about it. It's like, well, I really liked his last his his directorial debut three years ago. I'm really hoping that this one stands up. And I'm like, I just rented the movie Dahmer with Jeffrey Remmer, Renner, <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, whatever, <laughs> Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeremy, whatever, whatever. He he's was, gonna be Hawkeye someday. <laughs> he had to start his career somehow, and he's playing Jeffrey Dahmer. Look it up. Kids, it's true. It's true. You should see it. Everybody should see it's that. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It was sad. So now that we've set the scene yeah, for the, yeah. the video store. So we've it's got, a happening place. It is. it is. And so this is where, so they've closed school. Everybody's supposed to go home. So everybody mm-hmm. floods the video store yeah, to get the movies to watch that night because they're going like to be in lockdown. Hours and hours to kill. And there's I mean, no Netflix. Our, our listeners can relate to lockdown. Just yeah, imagine if there can. was no streaming and you had to go get physical stuff to watch. Yeah, like a bunch of cretins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also remember, they would um, sell off the used videos after mm-hmm. they were, like, phased out or whatever. So there'd be, like, a big wire bin in the front of the store where you could pick through and buy, like, the... They're all unlabeled. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. the box is long gone. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it's I'm going to get my copy shit. of Groove <laughs> on VHS because <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, they put the new stuff in on Tuesday nights. Yes. Yeah, get there. Yeah. All right, so here we are in the video store. It was, yeah. I know you're all sad that you weren't a part of it, if you weren't a part of it. (laughs) Probably most of our readers or listeners were a part of it. Readers? Yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that nobody's trying to read the closed caption of this. I know. They're like, (laughs) what what did they just say? It's off. (laughs) I'm out. Um, so Randy and Stu, so this is our, Randy's our horror movie buff, kind of nerdy guy, and Stu is our adorable Tatum's boyfriend guy, um, are who's having be- their who's debate. Best, who's best friends with Billy. Billy, yeah. They're BFFs. Yeah. And Randy's kind of filling him in on horror movie ins and outs. And this is, like, kind of the first time people were articulating, like, yeah, there's a horror movie canon. There's rules. There's, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, people acknowledging. And it's not just, like, horror movie cliches. Yeah. You know, the fact that there there is continuity, there is a universality of yeah. a lot of these um, characteristics of different horror movies. And so Randy's kind of articulating that to Stu. He goes, there's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everyone's a suspect. And then he goes, I'm telling you the dad is a red herring. So he's talking about Sydney's dad because there's this whole thing. You're like, wow, he's not where he said he was going to be. We can't get a hold of him. Where's Sydney's right, dad? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, where is your dad? And he's, she's like, I don't know. And yeah. 
So he says, I'm telling you the dad's a red herring. It's Billy. So he's saying Billy is the killer. And Stu points out, like, well, how, how come you're not the killer? And Randy goes, you're absolutely right. I'm the first to admit it. If this were a scary movie, I'd be the prime suspect. <laughs> and then the, the conversation uh, continues, and, and Stu's like, well, what's why would he do it? What's the motive? And Randy goes, it's the millennium. Motives, motives are incidental. <laughs> Motiv- yeah, they are sort of are. Yeah. Like, in this, especially in this, it's kind yeah. of dumb. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's uh, endemic of, like, slasher films. There's yeah. no, there is no motive. So, Jason yeah, Voorhees, uh, I mean, vaguely, his mom got bit? killed. His mom got killed, like, 40 years ago. And he's like, I'm going to murder everyone in my past for, for the rest of eternity. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. well, that's Michael Myers I'm... didn't have motive. You know, it, that's not like, there's no, there's no specific reason why the killer is killing this person. They're just killing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's, that's characteristic of slasher. Um, so then we, you know, we hop from the video store to the grocery store where also everyone is stocking up for their night in lockdown. Getting all their like cheesy poofs. Cheesy. <laughs> ice creams and. Yeah. Popsicles. Zemas. <laughs> Zemas. <laughs> so it's. I um, said it was a different time, listeners. Yeah, you really don't was. even know. Or maybe you do and you're loving this. Um, but it's Sydney and Tatum are shopping um, to supply, you know, uh, Tatum's boyfriend's bash that night. Uh, and the only reason I noted the scene is because uh, of Tatum's epic line where she, she tells Sydney, Billy and his penis don't deserve you. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not wrong. Yeah, because Sydney's like, and this is so sad, is she's lamenting this like, oh, should I have slept with him? Am I a prude? Am I, Am I frigid? Yeah, I mean, he wanted to. Yeah, he's so, wait, he's been I so should... patient. He's waited so long. Like, fuck him. Get the hell out of here. Sorry. Our new generation of, like, fuck politeness, I think, is very much. Well, yeah, and also, like, fuck guys, you don't owe them anything. Exactly. That was not around yet. It really wasn't. Yeah, except for Tatum, who says, Billy and his penis don't deserve exactly. you. Exactly. She was the yeah. the burgeoning. She was the, the tip of the tidal wave. Spearheaded that that movement. Yeah, uh, and then we get a little a little sliver of information where the uh, the police chief tells Dewey that the calls to um, uh, Sydney's house were actually made from her dad's cell phone. Mm, so then yeah. it's like dun dun dun. It really is her dad. And everyone's like, like oh gosh. Mm. Um, okay, so now we're at Stu's party. Uh, I have Gail is lurking, Dewey is hovering, because uh, obviously Gail's hoping to get a story, and Dewey's trying to be all uber protective. Mm-hmm. And inside, they're binging scary movies, uh, so it's all Jamie Lee Curtis movies, uh, who uh, uh, Randy identifies as the Scream Queen. Um, and then Dewey enters the party with Gail, feeling all like he's a big badass, that he's got the reporter girl on his arm, and she, meanwhile, plants a camera, a hidden camera in the living room. Which I loved. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's huge. Amazing. It's yeah. like this hidden camera is like the size of like a c- c- carton of Oreos. Like it's like <laughs> Let me just stealthily put this gigantic <laughs> Nobody's camera. Nobody's going to notice. I'm going to put it in the stack of VHS tapes and it's going to blend right Next in. Next to Clerks, which I was all Next about. I was like, Clerks, Word. come on. <laughs> um, so, and then I have Meanwhile Tatum, a.k.a. Nipples McGee. Because <laughs> this her, her little mock turtleneck, short sleeve, ribbed, cropped sweater it's green it's green it's greenish yellow yeah but it doesn't matter because all it is is nipples it's just she's just like walking around with her nips yeah and it's like god bless her like i mean 
great nips like let's share them with the world but it's like that's all you see in that moment yeah yeah she's like i'm gonna go to the garage and get some beers yeah it's super cold in this garage while i'm getting getting more beers uh and then of course she gets attacked by ghostface she's the first victim of the party um in the garage she dies i put cringily in the doggy door (laughs) of the garage door dog door or the cat door the cat runs out it's Who the cat's door. It's a, it's a cat door. Um, but we had, a, there was a couple of other good quotes from that moment where she thinks that it's, you know, somebody playing around. And she's like, um, you know, can I be the helpless victim? You yeah. Know, playing along and everything. And then, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's more Bummer. like tongue in cheek to this awareness of horror movies, awareness of uh, slasher movies and everything by these kids. Um, and so it's coming through and all like how they're yeah. looking at this whole situation. Which I love because like so many slasher movies, everyone's like, I don't understand. And they're like doing all <laughs> the like, wrong things. It's really things. not that confusing. And, and, um, you're, they're like, why? And you're like, you're, uh, why are you asking questions? Just fucking run. Yeah, oh just my get God. the fuck out of there. <sighs> Dumb. But <sighs> unfortunately. Yeah. Tatum. So, um, yeah. Sad, so. Tatum did not get the memo. Um, so, you know, we, we are in the culminating scene. This party at Stu's house is where, you know, the all of the big shit happens for the movie. And so, of course, Billy necessarily shows up. And Sydney goes with him upstairs. Because as we understand, she feels like she has done something wrong by not she having sex him. with this boy. She owes him sex. he's like, but I want to. And she's but like. I got fingerprinted for you. And she's like, you're right. You're right. Give I me, do owe you. Give me my frumpy nightgown. <laughs> Um, but she's convinced herself he must be innocent, and thus she must put out. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> so they head upstairs to, to get that going. Uh, while downstairs, they are watching Halloween, which is, you know, spectacular. Amazing. That that's the one that they chose. And um, all there's like a whole ton of kids, you know, drunk kids in the living room all piled up watching this movie. And Randy takes center stage to fill them in on the rules, the, the horror rules. movie rules. Like yeah. he's shocked that none of them are aware of They're the like, existence of these rules. So he shares, there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive in a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. And so, of course, everybody's like, ah, and he says, big no-no, sex equals death. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. And they're all cheersing with their beers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says, the sin factor. It's an extension of number one. And then he says, number three, never ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. <laughs> and so, of course, Matthew Lillard backs out going, I'm going to go get the whatever. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> and everyone's like laughing and heckling him. Yeah, heckling Randy. He says, yeah. you push the laws, you end up dead. I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. <laughs> So maybe some I, people yeah. at this point are like, I don't know, maybe it is Randy. Seems to know a lot about killing Seems people. Seems to know a lot about stabbing, getting Steve. away with murder, He's murdering. got some strong feelings about this. Yeah. So now, you know, time's kind of passed. The party's breaking up. Sydney and Billy have finished boning. I'm sure it was very <laughs> satisfying for both of them. Um, Gail and Dewey took a romantic walk down the road to check out a reported abandoned car, which turns out to belong to <gasps> Sydney's dad. Yeah. You know what really bothered me? None of the sleeping with Billy didn't bother me. No. I was just like... How she brushed her hair afterward? How she brushed her hair with somebody else's hair. (laughs) I was totally 
wasn't joking. I didn't think that was what you were going to say. No. Not the murder and the blood and, like, Tatum like, getting caught in the dishes. did you sanitize that hairbrush? How rude. For being like, la, 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 brushing your hair with somebody else's like it's, hair. Like, it's not gross to have sex in someone else's bed, but it's gross to use someone else's hairbrush. I was very upset. I think it's just because she just, like, naturally was like, well, I'm clearly going to brush yeah. my hair. And- <laughs> Check your privilege, Sydney. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, it's easier. Is it easier to just wash sheets after you have sex in someone's bed? It's not easy to just wash a hairbrush. I mean, you can put them through the dishwasher, most of them. A hairbrush? Cheap ones might not stand up to it very well. But if it's, like, super, just, like, standard plastic materials, you should be able. Or you could boil water and put it in. <laughs> I like how we talked about this. In either case, I thought I mean, I was, didn't know it meant a lot to you, so I feel like I want to no give way. it your due diligence. No, it, it, it just bothered me. I was like, oh, why yeah. would you do that? Okay, anyway, continue. Like, you were feeling bad for her for being pressured into sex, and then all of a sudden you're like, ew, no, you're gross. <laughs> I was like, well, clearly you are dumb. Just like leaving your hair DNA in any hairbrush to be be used and planted in a murder scene. Okay, anyway, continue. But yeah, so while Sydney (laughs) is sitting on the edge of the bed brushing her hair with someone else's hairbrush, Ghostface (laughs) appears and stabs Billy. I know. So we're like, what the fuck? Billy is innocent. He's like, you still think it's me? She's like, no, I don't know. Ah!" Murder. Uh, and then Ghostface chases Sydney throughout the house, including out a window. Bitch just jumps out a window, which was, it was yeah. pretty, pretty badass. Like, she just falls back into the, and lands in a uh, boat, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Kind of reminded me of, like, the, um, when we were doing Your Next, that uh, point oh, where she was yeah. just like, well, guess I'm diving out the window to get away from the killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, that you, was you know, crazy. Be- better of two options. Um so after she's out the window and, you know, fleeing and everything, she discovered... Th- then you get to the point in the movie where you start discovering the corpses of all the people that yeah. we've already seen die, but they're not aware yet. So yeah. she finds Tatum's body Tatum's dangling out of, the, gr- out of the cat door. She's like a little deflated. Like, a little deflated. She does um, kind of look like a blow-up doll, like a sex yeah, doll that's been shoved... Th- I bet you that's what they used for it, actually. <laughs> they're like, budget! Hey, hey props, man. Get a sex doll. That was a sex doll, wasn't it? They were it? like, what looks like they're Rose like, McGowan? Where they're like, it has to be very nipple. She has to be very nipple <laughs> to begin with. Yeah. To make this believable. Yeah. We so need to start <laughs> with, like, epic live nipples, and then we need to level up to dead nipples. <laughs> yeah. 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 So she does find Tatum's body. Yeah. She's, like, freaking out. Freaking out. Uh, we cut to Randy, who is, le- he's the only one left still watching Halloween. Bless his heart. That would be me. He's super drunk. He's drunk on the sofa watching Halloween alone. That's me. <laughs> that, me yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Ghostface. Let's be honest. I'm <laughs> yeah. asleep next to I mean, him. that was me earlier today. <laughs> um, Ghostface uh, appears behind him, but, you know, doesn't kill him. Move, moves yeah. on his way, so... Randy, Randy's a virgin, although he is drunk, but he is a virgin. Well, uh, anyway, I digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rule of the ghostface does not attack him. Um, So Sydney, in her flight, uh, she hides in the news van, um, and Kenny, who I haven't mentioned before, who's the camera guy, Gail's Mm -hmm. camera guy, he gets killed. Um, and, eating, he's eating chips in literally like every scene in this movie. Yeah, like some brand of chips. They were like, "What is the depth of your character as a cameraman?" Chip eating. You eat lots of chips. That's all you and do. And It has to be Lay's product placement. Yeah. yeah. Chips. If you're not Lay's holding chips. a camera, you're eating chips. That is the extent <laughs> of your character. 
and so uh, when the ghost face appears and attacks and Kenny gets killed, Sid flees again. Um, Gail and Dewey now are running running back and realizing shit's going down. Um, Gail finds uh, Kenny dead in the van and jumps in and you know starts the van to try and drive away. And this is the moment where the um, windshield wipers turn on. And the like the whole windshield is bathed in blood, and she doesn't realize it because it's dark until the wipers turn on, and they're just sweeping off this like cascade of blood off the windshield. It was like a very, very artsy horror yeah, movie moment. Yeah, it was moment. pretty horrifying. She's like, "What the hell is that?" She's like, what's she's on the windshield? Because like, so she like doesn't she wipe her finger on the inside to be like, "Is this condensation?" Well, she's like wiping it. Like, yeah. what is that? And then, and then the wipers turned, come yeah. on, and it's it is gross. It was really good. Um. And then she's, you know, she's trying to drive away, but then Sid, Sydney, of course, jumps into the road, and Gail drives off the road, trying not to hit Sydney. Um, and Sydney heads back to the house, uh, and she finds Dewey with a knife plunged into his bag. She's like, oh my god! He's and like, so, Sydney. Ah. Ah. Um, so Sydney hides in his uh, police car and uh, calls in on the radio, and then eventually flees into the house. Um, so she has a gun. I don't remember if she got it out of the police car or how she ended up with it. Um, but Randy and Stu, so she's inside the house. Randy and Stu both approach the front door at the same time, and she doesn't know which one of them to trust. Like, because at this point, anybody could be yeah. the killer. Anyone's a suspect. Any, everyone's a suspect. So she locks them both out of the house, which is the smart move. Yeah, she's like, fuck you both. Fuck like, you both. the door. Yeah. So at this point, Billy, who got stabbed up in post-coital stabbed up in the bedroom, yeah. staggers out. And she, of course, like, oh, my God. Did I like, get... you're alive still. Holy crap. Yeah. Gives him the gun. Yeah. Yeah. So he then opens the door. And then he catches the killer and they get married. Yeah. No, on the other hand, he opens the door. Uh, Randy rushes in, tells them Stu's gone mad. Stu's and, gone crazy. And Bill says, What? Oh. We, we all go, go a little, little mad, mad sometimes. sometimes. And he like licks his fingers yeah. with his blood. Well, on it. first he shoots Randy. Oh, right. Yeah. Then licks his fingers and says, Corn syrup. Mm, corn Same syrup. stuff they used for pig's blood in Carrie. And Sydney realizes that Billy is the killer. Billy's the killer. Yeah. And then, moments later, Stu shows up behind her with a voice changer. And well, she realizes. Like, she runs to him. She's like, oh my god. Yeah. And he's, and, he looks distressed. He's like, ah, like that. And then she's like, you, he's, oh, what the hell, oh my god. And call the police or something. I can't remember what she said, but. And when he whips out the voice changer, she realizes, oh. it's both of them. So then we get the exposition that's revealed that Billy and Stu framed Cotton Weary for the murder of Sydney's mom because Sydney's mom was sleeping with Billy's dad and that's why Billy's mom left him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they reveal that they have her dad. He's bound and gagged and he's get, supposed to be the patsy for all of these crimes. They've been setting him up the whole time. And they, so Billy and Stu begin stabbing each other because being victims of this mass attack is part of their whole cover story. That was... An amazing scene. That was an amazing scene with the amazing line, which at this point, 
I, I believe it's Billy that delivers this line where he says, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. And yeah. then Matthew Lillard going, I'm feeling a little bit I'm feeling a little here. <laughs> um, but so, so Gail all of a sudden bursts in. She's got a gun, is ready to start firing, but the safety's on. Wah, wah. And Billy knocks her out. Uh, but meanwhile, Sydney and her dad manage to slip away out of the room. Uh, Stu is bleeding heavily from one of their quote unquote fake, intended to be fake stab wounds. I think I'm dying here. He starts, man. Like, he starts like coughing up blood and getting yeah. like super pale, and like blood starts yeah. soaking in his like cream sweater. <laughs> and so then there's a, a phone call that um, takes. So Sydney, now that she's out of the room, I believe she's making a phone call from a cell phone to the landline, and they and Billy answers, and he's furious, and he storms out, and that's when Stu picks up the phone. And he goes, "Did you really call the cops?" And she goes, "You bet your ass I did." And he goes, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> I know. And then I love it. She's like, why, is, what, why did you do it? And he's like, peer pressure. I'm so... I'm very... I'm, what does he say? I'm very uh, susceptible. Sus- susceptible. Peer pressure. Something like that. Yeah. I was just like laughing so hard. I'm like, he's... It was so <laughs> good. It was so perfectly done. Um, so Billy's stalking through the house trying to find Sydney. Um, and then he does. She has appropriated the ghost face mask herself and takes him down with an umbrella. Yeah. Like, but he, she like stop, stabbed him like, yeah, right in the yeah. stab wound with it. Uh huh. And then, so then she all, fights all with Stu and drops a TV on his head. Yeah. Which is, you know, go to, go to horror movie murder style. Um, and uh, then, because Bill, Billy's not, he's down, but he's not out. Gail shows up and shoots Billy uh, before he can stab Sydney and says, delivers the badass line. Guess I remember the safety that time, you bastard. <laughs> I know, right. Um, and so then Randy, who turns out, you know, he's still alive, even though he got shot and needs, you know, I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin because he attributes it still being alive to that. Um, he says, careful. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. So, of course, then Billy pops up, Sydney shoots him and says, not my movie. Not my movie. Although, like, he did, though. And he did. He did. He did literally do that thing. And then she's like, not in my movie. And you're like, but that's just too late to say not in my movie because it already happened. Yeah. I mean, shoot him. Get your facts straight, Sydney. Then you can say not in my movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that was the entirety of my recap. Yeah. That was lengthy. I apologize. but That's fine. It's, well, like, I kind of, um, like, horned in. Yeah. Here came along for like, the ride. Definitely. Yeah. So, Meredith, do you think that Scream is scary? I mean, not, not now at this point, but when I first saw it, I was like, um, I want to say seventh grade? Something like that? 1996. That's about right, yeah. It, 96 was the, you know, my the end of my 8th grade year. So, yeah, yeah. end of your 7th grade Sounds year. Sounds like 6th or 7th grade. I can't remember. And we rented a Blockbuster, mm-hmm. the movie, and we watched it. Um, and we ordered pizza and had, like, Pepsi, like, Cokes, and we're drink like, I remember having my delicious pizza that had, like, grilled chicken and artichoke, like, my favorite, which is still my favorite. Oh, my God. I was very, like, pinkies up (laughs) in uh, seventh grade. So we were watching it, and, like, we're going to watch this movie called Scream. (laughs) So, you know, I, and I remember jumping, actually. I jumped. You jumped. Well, this was you young. Yes, I was a child. Before you were fully desensitized. Fully, Fully ruined. 
uh, when Billy, like, woke up. Or I, I think. And there's another point in the beginning where I jumped as well. Yeah, the um, whole, the initial scene with Casey, with Drew Barrymore, which was crazy. beautifully done. It was amazing. And it was so, like, it almost read, like, when a stranger calls. That's what it reminded me of later. Or um, when I watched, because I, I watched when a stranger calls, like, later in um, college. Uh-huh. And I'd seen, obviously, And you Scream were like, this and, is this is a ripoff of Scream. <laughs> right. No, I'm like, oh, this must have been sort of. Got, inspiration. Like, some inspiration. Yeah. Because. Um, this is very similar. Girl, home alone, yeah. phone call, phone call, like, playful, oh, what are you doing? eerie, okay. uncomfortable, and escalating. Yeah. I want to know who I'm looking at. What'd you say? I want to know who I'm talking to. Yeah. Uh, or when he calls her Blondie. Blondie. She's like, oh, fuck. Crazy. Um, so I remember screaming and, well, not screaming, but I jumped and I was like, oh, you know, and I remember being like riveted and thinking, yeah. oh, this is so good. And having an immediate crush on Matthew Lillard. For sure. And being like. He's so funny, even though he's, like, a psychotic yeah. person. And watching, like, every movie he was in in the nineteen in the 90s and yeah. early 2000s. So, since you are, like, categorically always knowing what's going to happen at the end of a movie, did you know who the killers were in this the first time you saw it? Or was that before you had honed that skill? I might have... It, it might have been before I honed that skill. I don't think I... I have not really... I can't remember. Because if you saw this today for the first time, if you were seeing this today, or if you were... Let's say you go and watch the new one. Like, yeah. are you going to, in the first 20 minutes, know who the killer is? I don't know. I don't know. Um, sort of hard for me to say. I, I wish I didn't have that talent. It's kind of a bummer, Ruined, to Yeah, ruins movies. Ruins it's movies. annoying. And especially for people who watch it with me because i'm like hey tell tell you exactly what's See, i don't happen. you've never ruined anything for me even though i keep I, it on the inside but with victor i'm like oh, girl you're like because i so, love you i'm, like, I'm gonna so, ruin this for you this is what happened i'm gonna spill the tea blah, blah. and then later he's like okay, god damn you damn it. <laughs> but i mean i just remember being like riveted mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoying it and just um i don't know like it's it's. I think it's one of the only slasher movies I actually lo love, yeah. because I'm not a huge fan. Like I like Halloween. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like my absolute favorite. Uh, and I know you love those the slasher movies mm -hmm. way more than I do. But Scream is a. I think it's a in a category unto its own because yeah, they acknowledge the cheesiness. They yeah. acknowledge the rules. They you know so much is um, it's very self aware. Yes. And that's why I love it so much, I yeah. think. And, and self-critical. Yeah. And Because yeah. they're like, you ran up the stairs. It's a bunch of horse shit. Like, mm -hmm. why would you do that? Yeah. Um, it's a study. Um, yeah. On, on, and not just slasher movies, but the horror genre. Well, it's a study. It's silliness. It's cheesy. Mm -hmm. But also, it brings in things that are actually some of your most terrifying fears. Like, for example, when um, Casey's screaming for her mom and she can't scream. Yeah. She's like, Ma! like she can't get it out. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure like all every one of us have had like a nightmare where yeah, we're trying, trying to, scream to scream and you can't. Yeah. And you're screaming for your life or like, you know, something's chasing you or mm -hmm. whatever. And you can't um, get help. Yeah. And and that's frightening. That's yeah. so scary. And, you know, um, and like you mentioned, when you watch this, you're like, it, it's impossible for Drew Barrymore to be killed. That, how could that be? 
back then. And now it's a kind of not a crazy thing. No. But back then, it now was... Now it's kind of a boring move for movies like, well, to do. whatever. You expect, like, oh, they've got one big name that's only going to be in there for ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I would say... I, I think that if I were to rewatch it now uh, with fresh eyes, I would probably be like, eh, you know, it's not super scary. I think back then it was terrifying to me, but, yeah. but fun. Mm-hmm. So I remember being entertained and being like, everyone needs to see this. This is so good. But yeah. like fun, like a fun kind of scary. Yeah. What about you? Um, I was actually do not remember uh, the first time that I saw this. Like it's not a, a real... It's not like a vivid memory. No, like it's not. Like so I, I can I can't even tell you if I saw it when it was new or if I saw it at some point later down the road. Um, I would not. I don't think I ever would have found it scary either, just because of you know my my feelings about slasher movies is that I love them, but they're not frightening to me. That's not the the kind of movies that I find scary. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like it's so well made. It's so, like, you would think slasher movies are, like, unoriginal. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, they're um, not not creative. They're just kind of, like, just make a character and have him kill a bunch of people. And, and that's, the, that's the extent of it. Um, whereas this was intelligent. Definitely. You know, not only yeah. was it, like, shining a light on the film genre, but even just, like, that thing of the whole... Um, sexual relationship between Sydney and Billy and the role that sex has always played in horror movies as like the cautionary tale component and this the idea final girl component. Yeah. The final girl component and the idea that, um, you know, the girls that are having sex are sinful. And so they're the ones that are going to die. And it's the good quote unquote, good girl, um, that's not sleeping with people that is going to live. Um, and you know, kind of having a commentary about that and, you know, even just this, like something very simple, like you could have seen it in a movie like mean girls of this idea of a a teenage girl feeling pressured to sleep with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to put that in there and not make it, um, ridiculous or, or, um, I don't know, not embarrassing or whatever, but just very realistic and honest mm-hmm. um, with with that aspect of Billy and Sydney's relationship, independent of all of the murder going around going on around them. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was like it was another example of how this was a really smart movie. Definitely. You know, it wasn't yeah. lazy. It wasn't um, just standard, basic, scary movie, whatever. And so it makes sense that it would come from someone like Wes Craven with all of this experience that he has had in the genre mm-hmm. um, and really being an established director in the genre to be able to commentate on all of the things that make horror movies what they are yeah, and, and give his take and his perspective on it. I thought it was just like, you know, I I think at the time, you know, it probably wasn't considered anything like it was, you know, it was just another teen scary movie with all of these teen stars that are super big right now. And nobody thought that much of it. Yeah. Um, But in the context of like, you know, horror movies as a genre from when they started to now, I think it stands out. Definitely. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's great writing. Um, It's it's. Some of it was very cheesy, but a lot of it seemed very true to the teenage experience yeah. from uh, back at that 
time as well. So it seems like a little snapshot of like what it was like yeah. to be in high school in, in those days. And like the um the comedy like to break the tension was very funny. Yeah. Um but also I think I you asked a little bit ago like if I would you know, if I had had any inkling that it was um, Billy and Stu, who mm-hmm. are the killers, like, you know, maybe at this point, yes. But this was pre-Columbine times. This was before that yeah. happened. You wouldn't necessarily think of the kids themselves being yeah. potential suspects. Yeah. So I think that a lot of this stuff that's been, like, happened to us um, growing up and, and as, like, high schoolers, middle schoolers, like, this stuff that happened around us and was widely reported and something to be afraid of Mm -hmm. that wasn't really part of the um consciousness yeah our consciousness yeah at the time so i think back then probably it was a surprise and now not so much like now it'd be like well of course it would be the teenage kids who are like murdering other kids not even for a moment would you have believed it was sydney's dad right yeah I think that, but that, like, just, and I think the same thing would be true for any movie now that would come out for a lot of the kids. Um, not to bring things down, but, like, there are a lot, a lot of things to be afraid of in school, like yeah. drills and things like that. And um, that idea that other kids can be killers um, yeah. is probably more widely established than it was back then. It might be more of a, an edgy take back in 1996, but not so much anymore, which is kind of sad and yeah. you know it's sort of just like the state of things now it's changed a lot it's like what's accepted and what happens in our school and, yeah. and high school especially so i think that it'll, it'll be really interesting to see um what the new one what direction the new scream went in because i um i mean i want to see it for sure i haven't yeah. watched any trailers i don't know much i haven't about either um it. i do which is not I typical originally Sorry. got um <laughs> When I got the series on DVD, and then uh, Grace and I, I I mean, not that I'm diving into my parent corner or anything, but uh, Grace has seen the first one and the second one. Um, I haven't seen the second one probably since it came out, so I probably should give it another watch. Yeah, and it was one of those where I feel like in the sequel thing, it kind of did a very predictable thing where you had this really, really... Um, successful, impressive initial movie. The first sequel, Scream 2, you know, follows Sydney to college. And it was okay. It wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Um, the next uh, sequel, um, Scream 3, was pretty garbo. Um, I don't really remember. I, I know I've seen all of them. Yeah. But if they didn't leave a lasting impression, I just... Yeah, this one would leave a lasting impression of being terrible. Oh, that, that was it. And it's not like... And was that's there one is, where they went on, like, vacation? Or is that what I know what you did last summer? <laughs> I think you're thinking I know what you did last. I still know it's what you did last summer. It's all mixing up, blending together as like bad nineteen or early two yeah. thousands. Um, but with the Scream franchise, it came back with number four beautifully. Sorry, my dog's barking, being naughty. Um, Scream four yeah. was exceptional. That oh. was the one Emma Roberts came into oh, as okay. one of the leads. She's okay. like Sydney's cousin, uh-huh. I think. Um, but they did some really good work with the fourth. So it's kind of like for, one was great, two was okay, three was pretty bad, four was really good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, and they, 
I think across the board got most of the main performers back for maybe not every single one for every single sequel, mm-hmm. but I think a, a pretty good showing compared to most horror movie franchises. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that with the new one, they got, you know, that core cast back as well. Oh, okay. um, I don't know much about it. Like, I definitely give it a watch um, yeah. because I loved the franchise. Back in back, back in the, the day, day, the Dizzy, yeah. But um, yeah. So it's like a full movie release, or is it on? Like it's I don't in the know theaters. Much about it. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, I, that was. I really wanted Grace. I wanted Grace and I to go see it in the theaters, but we've just been. We haven't had any time weekend time free to do it, and so actually we may be able to do it tomorrow. But of course that'll be. 12 hours too late to talk about it <gasps> on this recording, but maybe the you next can, episode. Yeah, you can talk about it next Yeah, next episode. Yeah, she did. Um, she loved the first two. She watched a little bit of the third one with me the other day, and I was like, you don't have to stay. This is terrible. And she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go. <laughs> like, goodbye. Good <laughs> goodbye. Day. I don't need to see this. <laughs> yeah, but she also loved Matthew Lillard. Oh, um, I love His character that. is adorable. Um and then you also can't, um, we can't ha- record this episode without mentioning the scary movie franchise because <laughs> the first scary movie, I don't, I think I there's loved. four or five now, oh but the God, first one so was based around Scream. Yeah. Because each one, each one incorporates like a dozen different movie references yeah. in it, but there's always one primary core movie that they use for the <coughs> overall framework of the movie. Yeah. And Scary Movie yeah. 1 was entirely about Scream, and Anna Ferris was Sydney. <laughs> Deputy Doofus. <laughs> yeah, and um, the uh, uh, Mar... Which Wayans? Which Wayans was... Marlon Wayans? Was it Marlon? I think so. He played because they were both the two two brothers were in it. But I'm thinking of the uh, yeah. So Damon was like the sexy football player that Mm -hmm. was like actually like gay, but wouldn't wasn't out, and so they kept on making these like homoerotic that would now probably be considered problematic uh, references about his character. But then it's not Marlon. It's why well, I, I feel bad that I don't know all the Wayans brothers' names. It's a it's a big crew of Wayans. Yeah, it's hard to remember. <laughs> but the but the goofy pothead character Wayans, um, in in the in Scary Movie was I want to say it was Marlon Wayans because he was in Requiem for a Dream as well, and that was like a serious role. Yeah. that he was in because he was in all like a lot of these movies. Yeah, too. The, I saw. The scary yeah, movie I think ones. Marlon and Damon were the two in Scary Movie. Um. But yeah, and so it was like the the whole framework was surrounding this this scream idea, and they took like some of the scenes, like plucked the scene directly from Scream, mm-hmm. and just made it hysterical. It was so funny. It was and so then Anna Ferris played Sydney. Sydney. Or... Yeah, Cindy. Cindy was, was her name. That, but my she name's was... Cindy now. Yeah, it was so so funny. That was one where after Grace watched Scream, I was like, maybe I could preview Scary Movie and just figure out which parts I would need to skip that were inappropriate. And yeah. it was just it was just too much. Oh yeah, because there's, there's lots of too much, so much innuendo and like and, and sexy not stuff yeah, happening. not even like subtle innuendo, just like <laughs> like grotesqueness, grotesque. Yeah, well, pretty yeah. bad. Although I think my later. my favorite scary movie um, moment ever was actually from the second one, which was the one that was mostly based around the haunting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a part where it was the kid that was, um, his brother was on that 70s show, and I think he was on Malcolm in the Middle. 
Um, but anyway, he there. There's a point where they're follow. There's like they see these bloody footprints through this old haunted house, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Ew, who's on the rag?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad so bad because so the second bad. one is the one that chris elliott is in as like, the housekeeper and he's like, no. take my little hand and he's like give me your other hand <laughs> ew <laughs> get that away from me putting his hands in the mush five my germs <laughs> oh my god those are so i mean they are such great like movies. i'm cringing about how much i laughed at that yeah <laughs> but it's so funny they're I so mean, good oh it's so bad but yeah. good they're, they're yeah. a commentary on the horror movie genre in their own right. They really are, because <laughs> it's like, you know what? Because, you know, it doesn't have to be just serious, making yeah. fun of it. And it was ripe. It was low-hanging fruit, the right. horror genre. So, was. This is Bones. Would you run from Calista Flockhart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's Bones chasing you. Bones. Oh, my gosh. I might have to rewatch this. No, I'm going to turn it on and be like, oh, this is so bad. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, what it's, it, it must have been in the second one where Marlon Wayans is killed by a dick being thrust in one ear and out the other. Yeah, see, there you go. Because he puts his ear it's up to a glory bad. hold. It's, oh. it's like, there's no way you can show this to your kid. No, this is like 18 and up situation. Yeah. And I probably saw it when I was 14. This is no, very probably. bad. And didn't no. get two thirds of it. <laughs> no, it was later because... Uh, I was like 13 or 14 when Scream came out. So yeah. it had to be like later when I was at least old enough to drive a car. Yeah. So I guess uh, I can see a dick being thrust through an ear if that's yeah, a case. No big deal. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> so I guess we, we agree that not scary, but excellent. Not scary, but amazing. And if you, dear God, if you not watch this, watch it. Like, I don't know what you're well, trying what to are you prove. What are for? Are you, Why trying are you trying to prove this something? podcast? <laughs> are you trying to prove something? Do you, yeah. Who are you trying to impress? By no one's not, impressed. No, that you've never seen Scream? Yeah, no one's impressed. That's like by my you. husband refusing to watch The Princess Bride. Ugh. Why? Why are well, you okay, the way so you he are? And I, he and I actually had that in common when we first started dating. Neither yeah. of us had ever seen The Princess Bride. And it was um, for similar reasons, because for him, it was like, everybody was always like, you have to see it. It's amazing. And he has that. Um, well, I'm not going to. Asshole. Yeah, it's that a not, um, a not occupation. What's the oppositional defiant disorder? <laughs> you know, or it's like you. <laughs> that ODD. Yeah. But for me, mine was a similar reason, because when I was a senior in high school, they did this poll in my class of what was the what was the best film of all time? Mm-hmm. And Princess Bride won. And I was like, you dirty fuckers. Have you ever seen this or this or this? Or it's like, no, it was a dead heat between Princess Bride and Goonies. I was like, none of you know what you're talking about. (laughs) You should all die a fiery death. Like they even know anything about anything. Yeah. It's like they had never seen anything. What a bunch of dummies. Yeah. And so then I was kind of like, well, I'm never watching Princess Bride. And then I don't know. You took a stand. Uh, Yeah, I did. And then I I grew out of it. Now you grew out of it. You know, I realized that I wasn't hurting anybody but myself because it is a charming movie that is absolutely entertaining and worth seeing. It's just fun. It's fun. I watched it. I loved it. And, you know, is it the best film of all time? No. no. It's a, it's really fun though. Yeah. The kids and is I it, watched is it too. Uh, like a peak 80s moment film? Absolutely. Yeah, P- Peter Faulkner, he's like 
I want to tell you a story. <laughs> he basically has this Columbo jacket on, basically. I don't think he does. But yeah, he, he didn't like, change costumes. <laughs> he just walked on. Wardrobe was he's like, like, this is the only thing we like, have that'll fit him. He's like, I'm here to solve a murder. Like, well, sir, you're <laughs> reading like, a story. No, no, you're reading a story to a Are six Peter little Falk boy. Is it Peter Falk? Peter Falk. Yeah. Um, we actually have not discussed... So, did you want to do Parent Corner? And also, we haven't discussed what movie we're going to be. Oh yeah, we didn't talk. So yeah, Parent Corner. As I said, so Grace, my my sweet girl is actually going to be thirteen next month. Oh. So um, she's becoming less and less relevant for people who are trying to figure out scary movies for like ten year olds. Um, especially because my I, child could watch. He can watch any of this. Yeah. He's such a. He just turned ten. He's just a little. Yeah. any cat. So she has seen, as I said, she saw the first two and part of the third. Um, it's violent. Um, it does have some sex scenes. The sex scenes are not super explicit or gratuitous. They're There's no kind of nudity involved in them. It's very cut away. What about away. the nipples? What's that? <laughs> I said, what about the nipples? Yeah, well, the, the nipples through the shirt. I mean, we're not Puritans here. They can handle that. <laughs> Um, but the sex scenes that are there, they're not, there's not a lot of nudity. It's it's very cutaway, like under the sheets, shoulders yeah. up, like that kind of thing. So, um, you know, not, not obviously for a 10 year old, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, Nothing every, every kid is different. Um, but I don't think it's not scary. Um, it's just violent. Yeah. There's a lot of blood and stab. And a lot then, of like, stabbing. That stabbing of Drew Barrymore was in... Yeah. And then they do show her, like, fully gutted with, like, intestines yeah. hanging down to the ground. Yeah, it's it's pretty horrifying. But that is also something where that would be an easy cover their eyes for two seconds and it's done. Yeah, it was only, it was not very long. So. Yeah. Um, mm. So, you know, it's it's not the worst. Um, but, it, again, it's not going to be your kid's first scary movie. No. Yeah, and they definitely be... need to be at a preteen level with some scary movie experience before you would want to show them any of these. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously, make your child watch it, but yeah. there's a time. But yeah, pick, pick the right time. <laughs> pick the right That's time. That's what it's all about, is timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to join us next time, we are talking about 1973's... The, the Exorcist. The Exorcist. We're deep doing a heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. Next time. Iconic, classic horror. Amazingness. Game changer. Culture changer. <sighs> Changed the ethos. Yeah, changed uh, the changed us all on a fundamental level. Yeah, of everybody, and we'll talk about a few other like um, possession based movies that we're we're fans of. But yeah, Satan's kind of fun. We love Satan. He's 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 the reason for the season. Yeah, Um, yeah. So if you've never seen The Exorcist, or if you haven't seen it in a long time, give it a watch. Uh, Spoilers will abound. Yeah, uh, because it is. 50 years old. I mean, you had your chance. <laughs> so, you did. For you crying did. out loud. I mean, your grandmother had her chance, so yeah. there's no excuses. Get it together and watch <laughs> The Exorcist. Also, be warned, it's the some of the scenes are pretty spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll bring I'll bring my own uh, personal Catholic flair to the, oh, a couple of the moments. you can bring a lot of flair, because I don't know anything about that stuff, and you could... You can yeah. say, like, how this movie ruined yeah. you. Why, why this movie is difficult to show to your child who goes to Catholic school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then you'll definitely have an interesting uh, parent, parent corner. corner. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.